In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. We're talking bed knobs and broomsticks. I almost just said the name of the movie wrong, and I am joined <laughs> by Bethany Huey and Isabella Agizi. Agizi? Agizi. Agizi. <gasps> I've Ooh. never actually heard you say your last name out loud. Me it's neither. It's a rare occurrence. <laughs> all right. Well, it's it's set in stone now. We all mm-hmm. have to get right from this point on. I already forgot. <laughs> I almost always forget how to pronounce it, too, because I hear it so infrequently. I mean, my last name, the only people I have ever met with my last name are people I'm related, like, people I'm immediately related to who I've right. known my entire life. So, I have no occasion to hear my last name other than, like, hey, we're the Gash family. Yeah. Well, my family says my name wrong. Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> they don't speak Italian, and they don't get... That it's not. They all say Egyptsy. What? Definitely is total, wrong. Like bastardization of my last name. So anyway, we're <laughs> talking about this movie, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Now, Bella, when was the first time you could remember seeing this movie? Oh, I think I was probably like ten years old or something. This oh, was yeah? a childhood favorite of mine. Oh, I loved interesting. This movie. Yeah, Bethany, what about you? So, kind of total opposite than that. I I was talking to my sisters about this, because I have vague memories of, like, the animated parts of it, and apparently my parents were vehemently opposed to us watching this film. We, really? We were super into watching, like, all the Buena Vista, like, old Disney movies, like, we'd rent them from the library, but this one my parents refused to let us watch, and I thought it was because of the Nazis, But apparently, well, way back in the day, my parents used to be, like, super strict and uh, did not want us doing anything or reading anything or watching anything that had to do with witchcraft. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. That is not where I was expecting you to go with this. Yeah, right? Uh, It's definitely different now. My parents have mellowed out. (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, what do you think of the Hocus Pocus episode we did? Oh, well, that one, like, I'm pretty sure we used to, like, sneak watch when it was Halloween time. Like, there are a lot of things that we, like, watched on the down low. And no, then, Mom. It's yeah. called Hocus Pocus because yeah. it, they love Jesus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My, like, it, I, it's, so, it's so weird to think. It's like, we were definitely allowed to do Harry Potter. Like, my mom subsided with that one. But, like, this one was apparently too intense. So she didn't want any of us watching it. So my older sisters do not even remember watching this. But I distinctly remember the really animated scenes. So I must have, like, watched it at my friend's house or something. I would not. <laughs> Not describe this movie as intense. It, they are the most casual, laid-back people about everything. <laughs> oh, the Nazis are invading. I guess we should show those fellows what for. It's over, and you're like, what? did anything happen? It's, I feel like we just took a nap on a fancy bed. And yeah. Very nonchalant. <laughs> the kids are not even surprised when she's a witch. <laughs> like, I they're know. just like, I told you, she's a witch. Just took it in stride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched this movie because when I was a kid, we had, like, all the Disney movies on VHS, which apparently yes. those things are worth something now, but at the time, we didn't know and just 
Damn gave it. away. So we thought Damn VHS it. would last forever. Yeah, but I remember watching this movie a lot as a kid, and I've always had the moment in my head of uh, Emilius. Yes. <laughs> Emilius, <laughs> like, twitching his nose and turning into a rabbit. Like, that's something that I think about from time to time. Deeply yeah. disturbing. Yeah. Me. But for some reason, I always had this movie confused with some other movie where, like, the stock market crashes. Is that Mary Poppins? Uh, Ugh. yes. Yeah, well, and I it's mean, the same actor, actually. It's the dad. It? Yeah, it's yeah. the dad. Oh. Mary Poppins. Mr. Banks. I did not know that. I haven't seen Mary Poppins since I was a kid, either. Like, I had I, I saw this movie when I was a kid, and then I have not seen it since. This is a total ripoff. Of Mary, Mary Poppins? Poppins? Yeah. of the same actor. Here's the thing. Disney bought the rights to Bedknobs and Broomstick before they got the rights to Mary Poppins. Oh, it's the other way around. It is. Okay. I know. But wow. then when they made this, they int- were completely capitalizing on the success of Mary Poppins to the right. point where some of the songs in Bedknobs and Broomsticks were songs that they didn't fit into Mary Poppins. Are you kidding me? No. Whoa. Real thing. It's, it's like an appendage of Mary Poppins. It completely is. Because I was looking it up because I was like, Look, I understand the people over the animation. That's something that happened in Mary Poppins. It's something that was yeah. possible to do. But what I didn't know how they did was the flight. And yeah, the, that and, was so and, 70s. And, the, was... and the, the walking around armor. Mm. Like the oh one gosh. where it was just a shirt. And I was like, all right, it could have been on strings. It could have not been. There's a lot of puppets here if it was all on uh, fishing wire. And I was trying yeah. to look up to see how they did it. It was 12 surprising facts you might not know about bed knobs and broomsticks. And it was all just... <laughs> Angela Lansbury complaining that they took songs out of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my goodness. Surprisingly devoid of music for a musical. There's a lot of music in <laughs> There's this movie. There's a lot of music <laughs> and, like, nonsense music. That yeah. was my frustration. I was just like, oh, they're singing now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's how a lot of musicals are. So then I guess the next question is, Bella, did you like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I... So 10-year-old Bella Jitsi <laughs> loved this oh, movie yeah. and I have such fond memories of cuz this is when I fell in love with Angela Lansbury mm-hmm. and then my mom of course was like oh you have to watch Murder she wrote and like I just yeah. I just like watched everything Angela Lansbury and so I think like growing up and stopping watching it at a certain point I just had the memory of like the feeling of watching it and singing along and mm-hmm. also the name is just so fun and I loved witches and mm-hmm. watching it this time for the first time in like oh my gosh I don't even know maybe like eight years yeah it's a different movie it's, Bethany yeah. this is the first like this is the first time in a while you watch the movie what do you think this is really like, yeah, my first solid viewing of it, probably. Uh, uh, not my favorite. <laughs> it's, I, I very much, I think I would have really loved it as, as a kid had I been able to watch it. But it, because it totally was very like reminiscent of like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or... Mm-hmm. Which I've never seen. Oh, God. Well, we got to do that one next then. I'm for uh, it. But just like these... Like? Fantastic kids' be, movies so. where, like, anything literally was possible. Like, that kind of stuff is just so fun. Um, it just see, I think, like, as an, as an adult, I... <laughs> it felt like it took a really long time to get to where we needed to get to. <laughs> because yeah. a lot of it was spent singing. But Well, I, I think that what they have here is they have... 
four separate movies. Yeah. And I'm going to recommend that two of those really really get thrown away entirely. Yeah. Which no, two, I agree. Sam? We'll get into that. <laughs> Which uh, two aren't worthy. But yeah, because I also, like, when seven, eight-year-old Sam was watching this movie, he loved it. Yeah. yeah. And then watching it now, I was like, I, uh, what's, this, <laughs> what's this text message I just got? But, like, when um, little Charlie's going and he's screwing the, the bed knob back around the bed and it's lighting up and it's turning that, like, shade of pink. Yeah. I didn't I didn't remember that until I saw this movie again and as soon as I'm watching it I'm like <gasps> and like that little flutter came back to me. So that little bit I still like a lot. I love the special effects in this Yeah, movie. I would want oh, yeah. whoever remade this, I would I wouldn't want them to make it flashy new CGI style. Mm-hmm. I would want them to keep some some aspect of that. Well, that's like do practical of, effects. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always in favor of practical effects, but yeah. one of the things that, especially because I was looking up how they did all these different things, is it's bed knobs and broomsticks, and it kind of felt like it was on the cutting edge of special effects. Yeah. yeah. So, kind of what's on the cutting edge of special effects is CGI, but how do... <laughs> when I was in high school, a lot of the different things we watched uh, in theater class... Norm Testa would show us these movies and he's like, this is the first time that they did something like this and the audience did not know how it was done. Mm, yeah. And and there were movies where like it was just attempting to one-up each other and I legitimately yeah. think that the big fight at the end with all of the different suits of armor and everything moving around and these big puppets was that. It was yeah. something to be impressive that people didn't know. I couldn't verify that on the internet, but I believe that. <laughs> well, so, they had a pretty big budget for that time, too. So I have to imagine this was, like, a hugely received film, hopefully. I mean, who can say? Who can say? Maybe I'll ask someone around that time. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. So if, I mean, it's hard to say, all right, so what cutting-edge trick would you guys use to make yeah. this impressive? <laughs> other than, like, we should have some. Yeah. I, it kind of reminded me a little, that last uh, battle scene reminds me of the battle scene in Narnia, that yes. the first Narnia movie that came out. Mm-hmm. Yes. They had that epic battle scene with all the leopards and the, um, or not, yes, like, well, yeah, like all the different and animals, polar bears yeah. and stuff. And I remember there being so much buzz about that scene because that was like the most, um, like CGI extras, I think you would call right. it, that they'd ever put on that scale. And now we have the Jungle Book. And now we have the Jungle Book. And now we have, like, yeah. Lion King that we they're have, remaking. Uh, and... Jurassic Park is, like, dinosaur battles happening. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So I feel like today's audience is very much desensitized to special effects. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and we're, like, in a, at, like, a rapid pace, too. Because that, like, Narnia came out. That movie must have come out when I was in maybe, like, the eighth grade, I think. That sounds right. And I'm sure. Yeah, and it's, so it hasn't been that though. long since then. Yeah. So no. it's just amazing how I've, I, I, like, I'm not really surprised by anything anymore. Yeah, so, like, I'm what's just, a, yeah. how can you surprise people? And I feel like the best way to do it is, like, practical. practical that's but that's I, the thing. Everything's been done. It's yeah. hard to impress people. But it's, there's stunts. There's, like, like true stunts and, like, um, like, puppetry. I think people are still really wowed by puppetry. Yeah. I think that you could go the other way. So 
the things that I watch now and really impress me isn't necessarily puppetry. It's watching something like Buster Keaton. Ex- yes. Yeah. And it's something that I you don't see anymore. Yeah, yeah so in- exactly. Instead of doing the make it as modern as possible, go fully retro and do That's something that, exactly. is, that isn't seen anymore. Yeah. The, yeah. So something like that. Yeah. That was when I first started like studying film and, and aspiring like hardcore to be a filmmaker. I remember being like, okay, when I make movies, I'm going to bring it back to like the way they used to make movies, like using practical yes. effects and like, and having like an ultra long, uh, cat, like intro credit sequence to music, <laughs> uh, because everybody loves those and doesn't oh, yeah. forward through them. Um, definitely didn't go to like brush my teeth. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, I just want to like bring it back to that because it's so different now that like, people might actually appreciate it because like I I have like split feelings about it because I was so surprised by the Jungle Book like I really was impressed by that but then on the other side of it I mean I didn't see this so maybe I can't fully judge it but uh they did uh Pete's Dragon as a remake recently I don't think it did well I, I mean I think it was it was fine for a kids movie but like I remember seeing the trailer and being like Ugh, this isn't the same as watching a life child ride a 2D animated dragon. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't I don't like 3D renderings and live action people. It just doesn't. Full disclosure, I've yeah. also never seen any movie named Pete's Dragon. Mm. I, think I watched the I watched the old one that came out in like the 70s um a lot. That was one of the many that we rented from the library. Uh but Definitely, that is also, I mean, it probably, my memory of that is probably the same of bed knobs and broomsticks, so. <laughs> but, I don't know. Hard to now say. I, now I kind of want to watch the new Pete's Dragon, and I also want to see the new Mary Poppins and see how oh, exactly weird. they did that. Well, the thing about Mary Poppins is that it's not a remake, it's a sequel. Yeah, that's And true. also, as you'll hear in the Superman episode... I love Emily Blunt. She's great. Yeah. And more power to her. I will watch everything she's in that isn't a horror movie. Uh-huh. Whoa there. Did I, you not see Quiet Place? I can't watch horror he movies. He can't. Dude, I'm so that, bad that at That transcends it. horror. It, it transcends truly, the, genre, the genre. But I it's, still can't watch it. Yeah, it's Damn. still terrifying, <laughs> but I promise you it... it I'm not it, going to watch it. It doesn't work like that. I'm That's not how my brain works. No, I'm clips. not... That aren't scary. They're just beautiful filmmaking. Yeah. I can and then find you'll... that in so many places. <laughs> Not John Krasinski and Emily Blunt style, though. I'm no, sure they'll Emily, do more like, things together. They're basically, married. All you need to know is I think the best acting work she's ever done was in that movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen Edge of Tomorrow. I, well, yeah. Edge of and Tomorrow Looper is and... great. And I mean, Looper, I and even that train movie that was terrible. Snowpiercer? She, no, Snowpiercer's she, great. She, she does one where she's what girl on the train? That's what it is. Oh, I haven't. Isn't seen she that. also in uh, the Devil Wears Prada? Yes, she is. That was like one of her first films, or it I, was her first film. I have not seen that. Oh, that's oh a my good god! One. You must. It's classic. 
That one I'm okay with watching. That'd be fun. That'd be a good movie. That too. one's pretty horrific. Anyway, <laughs> bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> back back Sounds on Sounds like track. we're casting Emily Blunt. <laughs> I, I'm absolutely not. I don't have her. I just, no. But let's talk about this movie. So okay. if we're remaking this movie, what is the core essence of this movie that we feel like we need to capture? That you need magic to defeat Nazis. Yeah. Here's the thing. The Nazi plot line I would entirely throw away. Okay, so, he, oh, yeah. So, this was my take on it. Was, like, let's make it a more modern spin. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Me too. The song that I me feel too. like perfectly encapsulates the message that I think is why I adored Angela Lansbury so much because she made my childhood heart sing, was The Age of Not Believing. I think that's what the title of the song is. I think that is, agree 100%, that's the song that is the core of the movie. Yeah, and I think, like, speaking to people now, speaking to adults now, and kids, too, who are, like, totally taken, like, kids do not get to experience magic as a concept nearly as long as we did as kids. So that song, to me, is almost... A metaphor for like the age is the age like our age yeah, right now. as humans is the age of not believing. Yeah. I agree with that. So it sounds like we all three of us want to put it in a modern context, which is great. Yeah. Yes. Less arguing, cutting to the chase. <laughs> yes. I so, originally had gone somewhere else and then this morning I decided to change it because I wanted it to be modern. So I'm glad we're all there. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> so here was my pitch. I wanted to put it in a modern context and I wanted to make it fun and fancy free. Like, well, we're having fun. We're going exploring and and discovering things. But I also wanted to have the context of strife. I mean, the reason why Angela Lansbury is, hey, here's some children is because they're literally escaping London in the middle of World War II because London is being blitzkrieged. And the, the comparison of that is refugees yes so i i did not cast the three children and i just wrote down unknown syrian kid (laughs) did you really whoa guys i spent so much time searching for child actors are you kidding me (laughs) no we're just gonna scout some i mean i definitely want unknown lovely children but Mm, well, we're excited to hear who you picked. <laughs> Give us As, some names, because yeah. we don't have any. Well, no, but... They're I, out there yeah. somewhere. And, uh, Bethany, are the children you looked for white? Yes, but I wasn't trying to restrict it to that. Actually, yes, they all are. <laughs> all right. We'll, but, we'll cross our bridge when we come to it, and we will question. applaud you for your was, work and your choices when we I get to our also, recasting. just very small disclaimer, I was thinking in terms of, I mean, I love the idea of refugee children way, way better, uh, but more in the terms of we want to fight back against what's happening in America right now, so that's mm. partly why. But don't worry about it. Continue what you're saying, Sam. <laughs> so... That's kind of why I was thinking, like, Syrian refugees. Like, Mm -hmm. here are these kids, they've come from this horrible place, and we want to give them a better, and we want to, you know, make things better, but... I thought either that or, or like, DACA kids. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, those are my two options. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, Bella and I are on exactly (laughs) the same page. (laughs) Literally the same page. You Uh, guys cheated off each other. (laughs) But, so I think that that's where, like, the origin, that's where they should be coming from, and that's something we should have in the back of our head. And then we go on an adventure because one of the big problems and a lot of the things that 
happen is uh, treating people that we don't know and don't understand as other. And that's unfortunately something that a lot of people in this country do. Right. And it shouldn't happen. So I think we take in some of those people who are seen as other and then treat them the exact same way we would treat a family of three white kids. Right. Three obnoxious white oh kids. Oh my god, the white worst kids. white kids in the world. I hated <laughs> their words. the worst part of London. <laughs> and the one, the oh, one kid in the tie, the uh, Paul, he just comes in and he's just a little shit. No, not Paul. I think, no, Charlie's the, the, the shit. Charlie's adorable. I thought Charlie was the really small one. No, no. Charles Charles is the one who starts acting like a freaking gangster. Oh, well, He's the middle one. But let's be real. Both the boys are absolute shit, okay? I mean, Carrie's whatever, but she's way better than them. She (laughs) is, but she also has no character. None at all. None. I had the hardest time thinking of someone for her. The little one is? The little boy reminds me of Andrew Manley, who was separated from his family during World War II. And really? There, he found like all of these letters in his in his father's attic that were love letters between his father and his mother because they were having an affair and he was a love child from their <gasps> affair Aww. and they were separated because of the war. Anyway, oh that's what adorable. Reminds me of what Andrew and it, what an adorable little bastard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Andrew Manley was our professor in college. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Andrew Manley. Bella and I went to uh, Colorado College, and uh, Andrew Manley was our theater professor there. Yes, and my and my, and my thesis advisor. I'm not actually a part of. <laughs> well, Bethany, you are. you are dating someone who also went to Colorado College. Yeah. Exactly. So Previous guest of the show, this. Zach Luna. Yes, <laughs> keeping it in the fam. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's a backstory, but that's not really a through line for what I thought the movie would be. Mm. So. Of the four core aspects of this movie, I think the first one is Angela Lansbury trying to become a really good witch. Yeah. The search for the other half of this book. Well, yeah, trying to find this spell specifically. Get it? Yeah. Hanging out with Emilius and then Nazis. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, those Nazis came out of nowhere. I mean, I know we were in England during Nazi Germany time, but like... (laughs) That was so... <laughs> this was made in crazy. the 70s. They should know better. Yeah. Yeah. But So I would cut the Nazis entirely, because that's not what I think the most interesting thing of the movie is. Right. I right. think our bookman, the yeah. bookman, yeah. he's our real villain. Yeah. And Make the fact that... Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, where'd he go? Yeah. Yeah. They, they meet this guy. All of a sudden, he's trying to do magic, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the thing. Was he trying to do magic? He was just trying to find these other words... But then yeah, he was like, surprised when magic was possible. Right. Yeah, like, what was the deal with that whole sequence? I was just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who like, are these characters and why do they cut. never show up? Yeah. yeah clearly, that guy, the guy, they were both murderers. His henchman yeah. was the such knife? an awesome character. <laughs> His henchman right? was fine. But, like, could be played with <laughs> Absolutely. So much. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he just... And, uh, like, I love the moment where... They discover, you kind of see it coming, but they discover, like, as they're looking through the pages of the book, like, their pages are supposed to complete each other, and then they both... And it could be one of those awesome setups where the villain and the protagonist have to kind of work together. 
Right. Like, or they try working together and they realize actually, that their goals are different and they have to yeah. like, and or then they they're could, antagonistic. Yeah. They're yes. like secretly conning each other or, you yeah. know, I just feel like he could have been, he could have had a through line paralleling theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. And he like, yeah. Or he could have easily been the guy that we like, oh, we think he's a bad guy, but he's actually like very good or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm okay with him being a bad guy. But yeah. we could, like, question at some point, like, is he yeah. maybe good? Is he maybe coming around? Because the best yeah. villains are the ones where you have a glimpse of their humanity and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I see And then you. they throw yeah. it away. Yeah, and then you like, understand oh, and emulate and then you're <laughs> like, oh, wait, just kidding. They're, they're bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Bookman's arc and Amelius's arc are kind of parallel to each other in the sense that they both kind of start bad, but Amelius becomes good and Bookman should become worse. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's like yeah the good bad guy. Not parallels. Mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would like it if they were more closely connected because it'd be more interesting if the two of them were partners. They had a right. history. And then, then in this fake Amelius was on Miss Price's side, <laughs> and right. then oh like God. went What's off her to name? do something. Eglantine. 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 <laughs> Funny name. Oh my God. Yeah. anyone named Eglantine. I was extremely uncomfortable with the quote-unquote chemistry between Eglantine and Amelius. I was just like, what's happening here? I don't like it. They have no chemistry at all. None. Okay, cool. It wasn't just me. (laughs) Like, the fact that they got together at the end seemed like a matter of course for the script, but I I was not shipping that, like, at all. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. The, literally, when she tells him that, like, doing the spells worked for her, he, like, very slowly looks her up and down, and I'm like, no, no, no. Uh-oh, no, please don't look at her that way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. start to the scene under the sea when they're... All I could think of was how people talk about the Little Mermaid song, Under the Sea, as a uh-huh. sexual innuendo. Oh, Is it? I never heard yeah. of that. Wait, I'm not aware of that. Yeah. Me neither. Under the sea. Tell us. Well, you, the sea word... Oh. oh, under the sea, <laughs> and this just got down where it's wetter. Oh, <laughs> to take got it. it from me. <laughs> all right, all right, now I get it. <laughs> Anyways, that's what. <laughs> but the whole beginning of that song in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks when they're underwater and they're like lounging on the bed and the kids are at the foot of the bed in front of them, <sighs> it starts to sound a little bit like. I, I'm I see, like, guys, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, don't, I'm not feeling the vibes here. Very, very strange. <laughs> and so, yes, the kid, the the actual really young one's Paul, right? Yes. yes. Okay. What's the deal with his Deus Ex Machina book? Wait, what? The book that he he just is oh, in the, yeah, the no, random no. house that Amelius is squatting in. Right. Yeah, which we never learn whose house that is. <laughs> and he finds a book. That is about the person that they're looking for. Yeah. And about all the animals and the, the where they live now. With, and it, the random children's book he finds in this house has the spell that they're looking for by happenstance. Right. My, for anybody listening to this podcast that has not watched this movie and probably will not watch this movie, you're going to be insanely confused because we're insanely confused. <laughs> <laughs> There's just We're going to keep mentioning these very strange... Like, 
little nuggets that don't fit and well, don't connect so right at all. Unrelated, but that's why I've been doing the mini episodes on the off weeks before I do the main episode. Uh-huh. It's that way I announce the episode a week ahead of time so people have a week to watch the movie. Uh-huh. That way we don't have to do a, a shot by shot like step walkthrough. Okay. Which right. for some movies I do because Barbarella is a weird movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to rewatch Barbarella, but some people might watch Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Like I told people yeah. I was doing Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and they're like, oh, I used to love that movie. That was a childhood favorite. Yeah. And why is it for I you hope... watching it now? Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Now we get to make it better. Yeah. But I like that we're all in agreement that, like, Bookman's the, the real villain. Yeah. I think Bookman's he could have villain. something to do with that book. So, yeah. with that in mind, and because I think we should take Nazis out of this completely. Right. What are their respective goals? Miss Price wants to learn magic because she wants to help people. What does he want to learn magic for? I presume selfish gain. I, I feel mean, power like is usually to... the regular motive. <laughs> yeah, I see him sort of as a rebel. So if he's some kind of like... I see him, to make him more sympathetic slightly, even if like briefly... He's trying to start some kind of, like, magic slash political rebellion or something. I don't know. If this is, like, yeah, considering this as present or, like, slightly futuristic America, mm-hmm. where we're very divided and we have, you know, we have refugees, right. which is happening now, and he's kind of this, like, bad good guy, kind of Magneto style, where, like, you can see where he's coming from, but he's going about it the wrong way. I yeah. So what's his I, end goal? I feel like to take over the world. Okay, so he wants to. <laughs> so he wants to appeal to the people in order to gain power and take over the world. Just make yeah. it better. He wants to make America great again. Oh, oh no! Well, I mean, honestly, though, that that would be kind of yeah. That's exactly how it would be if I mean, you want to make him the secret bad guy. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you want to make him the charismatic guy who's appealing to everyone and hey no magic's cool like look we're do- wants, getting to do this amazing thing he wants magic to win the election that's why yeah exactly. i don't know if you necessarily need to make him a politician because i think it's a little <laughs> on the nose not not a politician i mean he has a political agenda yeah yeah like he, he literally wants to use magic to take over he yeah. wants to skip all the lines and be number one yes yes so what As is they do so what's miss price trying to do because she may not necessarily know about his motive ahead of time so what's her goal with magic? Just I well, I had a knowledge? hard time trying to figure out her goal with magic in this film. Like I know she she wants to be a a decent witch, even though at the end she's very much like, oh, I never, I knew I'd never be a good witch because of my <laughs> because I didn't liver. like dragon poops. Yeah, yeah, it was very weird. That, um, oh, that was so sexist. It was so yeah. Um, but. Basically, like, I knew, like, she wanted this particular spell because I thought she had a specific thing in mind to try and mm-hmm. defeat the, like, help the war effort. Me too. And in fact, she says that. Yeah, she that's says completely. That. Literally <laughs> her motivation. It. And then, and then, then literally, yeah, bails. it's totally out the window until the Nazis actually attack. And then she's just like, oh, yeah, I could use that spell. <laughs> like, right. Well, that's how I feel about a lot of, like, academics. It's like, well, yeah, no, pursuit of knowledge. We're definitely going to figure out, like, this fusion thing. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. They're using my fusion for bombs? I yeah. never could have foreseen the pursuit of knowledge to be used for evil. Right. Yeah. Like, and I definitely, that's how I see her. Yeah. I feel like she 
because she just seems like this kind of quirky odd gal because I mean she's lived alone in this big house for so long and she's just doing her own thing that like there's this secret witch work or whatever like I feel like well she's a cat lady (laughs) she is a cat lady with the what was his name something creeper I oh cosmic creeper which I thought was a great cat name you know what I was a way bigger part I'm sorry yeah I mean look all of us want the cat to be Salem. Well, like, yeah, Detour, was that cat real or was it fake? Because I couldn't tell. I think time. sometimes it was not real. That's I think it went back it and forth. Yeah. Like, but, it definitely was very much like Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but, like, in within the shot, it would change from fake cat to real cat. Because I kept yeah. being impressed so by... Fuzzy. I kept being impressed by both the cat and the rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Both of them were very well trained. The rabbit was such a good actor. Yeah. He did all these like fake outs, like looking in the door and mm-hmm. then like bouncing away. Pulling a book off a shelf. Yeah. Was... I mean, they used to really train these animals back in the day, but it was kind of abusive. So like. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it was so... awful. But like for us, it was entertaining. Yeah. Can you bring that that's back? True. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyways, yeah, I feel like her end goal is really just to try and be, like, the best witch, but she kind of realizes, like, I don't need to be the best witch, I just need to use my powers for good, kind of. Well, here's my pitch. My pitch is that it's a pursuit of knowledge thing. Like, she wants to be the best witch, but it's just for the glory of, yeah, I'd really like to know how to do all these things because... Yeah. She's the Hermione. She always wants to, like, be the best at everything, and she found something to be the best at. Yes. And... I feel like it's her interactions with Emilius, someone who uses magic just like, nah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's like, well, no, you, all of a sudden she kind of develops these morals. Like you need to be using magic for the betterment of humanity. Something she may have thought, but never really made practical and applicable. Right. And kind of like she and Emilius bounce off each other and make each other better because they are able to use each other to kind of see an end goal. Mm. He's able to be an, an actual charismatic leader who has best wishes of the people at heart and she's actually able to be someone full of a lot of knowledge who's able to use that knowledge to help people like they actually become a pair that works together for the betterment of humanity Mm -hmm. right with way better chemistry this time yeah yeah please 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 well i don't know if their chemistry will work with my particular casting but they'll be able to fake it really well i that's how i feel as well there's a distinct possibility bethany that you and i have the same amelius based off of the way you just responded to that, and I'm excited to find out who it is. I'm very curious, too, because I don't know if you will guess who I have. Are we doing a gender swap thing? No. Okay. No, uh, I didn't. I, oh, you did? I did a gender swap for Paul. That was the only one I did a gender swap oh, for. Uh, that's fine. I just, like, <laughs> I just have unknown Syrian kid for Paul. Yes. Fair. <laughs> Boy or girl. All right, so that makes sense for like the kind of the core crux of our movie. It's going to be modern. Yeah. These kids are going to be from elsewhere, and it's going to be learning about our world and also kind of experiencing the joy. So I think the quest is to discover spells and learn more magic, and I do love the fact that they go into a 2D animated world, and I think that's Mm -hmm. something you should keep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I actually very much agree with that. I miss seeing 2D animation. (laughs) Me too. I want it to come back. I mean, as soon as they did it in this movie, I was thinking, oh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit's so good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love when we mix stuff like that. I mean, they did it in Mary Poppins, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They did it in, have you seen um, 
The Incredible Mr. Limpet, I think. Yeah. I'm aware of that yeah. movie, but I've never it's a seen Don it. Don Knotts movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Is so, it? Yeah, he turns into a fish, and then yeah. everything underwater is animated. That's yep. fun. It's really I think cute. I mixed that movie up with this one in my memory there, because yeah. I remember underwater sequences and I think it was mostly from that movie, but I do remember them dancing. So. Also about Nazis. Uh, yep. Also, yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> very, a very uh, timely topic. prevalent theme at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Bethany, you said you really wanted to keep the Eglantine market. What was it? Oh, 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 Portobello Road. Portobello Which Road. I, oh, I actually was joking. To... I really don't want to keep that at all. Portobello but... Road? Oh, Porta... the Portobello oh. Road. Wow. Bell. All right. Bell. For you, Bella. That's my epic pitch. I will write that down, that we are recasting. And just yeah. super and And I will just do a solo piece. Perfect. In the street. You just in cast yourself as Miss Price. <laughs> It'll be... Portobello. That was that was such an insane sequence. (laughs) Here's here's the thing. I love that dance sequence. Yeah. And the reason Mm, why is because it was incredibly multicultural. Yes. No one looked down on anyone else other than like, haha, look at the crazy dance those guys are doing, which the kids did and no one else did. Yeah. I would I would pitch to make it a little bit less segregated though, because it did feel a little bit like one of those outdated and us and them musical dance pieces. It's like now there's this culture and now there's this culture and it's like this group, this group, and I and it it like verged on like West Side Story. Like here's the Puerto Ricans up on the roof, basically. Um, which I want like the thing I love diversifying it and making it obvious that this is a mixed city yeah. you know and, and especially mm-hmm. if if the children are are immigrants or refugees or what yeah. have you bring i like i don't want to just like cast <laughs> those kids and then not talk about it it should be yeah. a prevalent part of the sure. story and like their journey in figuring out their place in this country and mm-hmm. um i think that that scene could be kind of transformed to be like they, they see some of their culture from home being brought into the mainstream here or you know they see and even if know. it's i mean my pitch would be it's a big multicultural dance like what you're saying because i i think that is right i think that's yeah. a good idea yeah and you kind of do the thing where it's like hey a big circle of people dancing and then one person jumps in and does the dance and another person jumps in and does the dance like and it's each individualized things and yeah there happen to be a couple people who are also syrian they do a dance and then they jump back out because they're a part of everybody yes there was a, a podcast I was listening to today that was talking about how 80s movies always had, like, high schools broken down into cliques. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think about our time in high school, our time in college, and that wasn't really a thing that existed. And that's even more the case now where high schools are kind of a melting pot, Imaginous, where yeah. a yeah. person is seeking their own individuality, mm-hmm. but they're doing that in the broader scope of this community of people, as opposed to segmenting yourself as being, well, I'm one of the jock kids, so I do right. what the jock kids do. And that's what I feel like this scene would be. It's a big melting pot of people. Here's this one individual, and now that they're part of the community again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I super because that's that. what the Port of Bella is all about. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bella's Island. Yeah. Oh, Gala Gala Island. Do you get it? I I don't get it. Ellis Island. I'm really stretching it here. Just a Gilligan's Island thing? Ellis Island. Oh, Ellis Island. (laughs) 
Look, we're wearing headphones. I'm 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 missing some of the the subtleties. No, I, I apologize. I also sang a theme song of a really old Disney Channel show, so it's fine. <laughs> Wait, which was show? It show? Oh, I think it was PBS. Actually, I don't know. PBS. Woohoo! Well, I wouldn't know. I didn't have TV as a kid. I was busy watching VHS tapes of Ben on the Boomsticks. My sister and I were sitting and watching reruns of The Nanny. Yes, all the things. Guys, we all had semi-similar childhoods, but also not in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Correct. And that's why we're fun. That's why we are a good group. All right, cool. So that we kind of have a sense of what we want the movie to be, mm-hmm. roughly. Yeah. It, different arc, but, you know, more directed, like an actual plot, sort of, eh, we're now over here. Yeah. But I think that that's kind of a cool idea. So let's yeah. start getting into who we want to actually portray these people. Yes. Let's start with the three children. Just because I don't think we'll spend as much time on them because you Bella guys didn't and I cast anybody didn't cast anybody because we're definitely right. But, but yes, I'm, you're I'm, extremely right. You're extremely right. But whenever it comes time for recasting, I'm really bad at coming up with children. So Bethany, I would like to hear the kids you cast and then possibly use them in the future. So tell me about these amazing kids that you're aware of. So here's the thing. All the kid actors that I want to play these roles are not kids anymore. Uh, So I had to do some heavy research into what up-and-coming kids are hot right now and kind of like who I could really see. All the Stranger Things. But they could be younger than the Stranger Things kids. In my... Well, no, I wasn't looking at any of those kids. Although I did briefly consider Millie Bobby Brown. Me too. And then I was like, can't, yeah. Yeah, There was, because I was, because when I was originally casting, I was going for like, I I kind of wanted the remake to be like a Narnia remake where it really does take place in the 1940s and and they are authentically British and everything is that. But then I was just like, that's limiting and boring. So no, thank you. Um, but I do have some fun British uh, things. I did briefly want to cast uh, Bella Ramsey, a.k.a. Liana Stark, <laughs> uh, oh. as either Carrie or a gender-swapped Paul. Because, uh, fun fact, she's already on a British Netflix show about witches called The Worst Witch. <laughs> And it's really (laughs) weird to see uh, badass Lyanna Stark as uh, (laughs) as a tiny witch. Um, But then I scrapped all of that. So this is what I came up with. And one of them is going to be one of the children from A Quiet Place just because he was so dang good. So Sam, you will not recognize this child. Sure will. His name is Noah Jupe. He was... (sighs) the older boy he actually is british in real life but he does play an american in the movie of a quiet place um but he's just a really great actor and george clooney highly recommends him <laughs> so, you know he's like bethany you've gotta see this kid you've got i'm see charismatic this kid. and my word holds weight so drink was- some tequila <laughs> He oh, would be goodness. a great Charlie, and he would actually be endearing and charming. Um, but also, I definitely am a more agreeing with you guys, and that I also just want to like pull in kids that are not represented right now. Mm. Um, but I had also Brooklyn Prince, uh, who's one of the little girls in the Florida Project. Also, as a gender-swapped Paul, because uh, I haven't watched The Florida Project, but I've watched a lot of interviews with her, and she's super cute. She's incredible. 
She's, yeah. That's, Zach basically was just like, we're going to watch that. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> she so, would be such a good Paul. She would. Um, and then I think, I want Carrie to just be a better character. I feel like she deserves more. Um, I was considering, uh, there's an act, a young actress named Rowan Blanchard. She was... That is a um, very British name. It is, but she's I, she's not British. Um, she's actually she's was in the remake of Boy Meets World on Disney. Girl Meets World, um, and she plays Corey Matthews' daughter, <laughs> and she's actually a fun uh, little like activist now. She I think she's left Disney, thank God, um, but she's. Beautiful. Well, she has to, and otherwise a... Disney would break her. Like exactly. It does all its other child stars, with the exception of Christy Carlson Romana. Well, right. And she's, I agree with you there. And she's very, she's just very, like... Oh, was she a... in A Wrinkle of Time? Wrinkle in Time? Looks Apparently, like... which I still, I'm, I refused to, to see that sequel for, or not sequel, but that uh, remake also. Mm-hmm. Um for a while but I feel like I must but I'm pretty sure she is in that um, but she's a great actress and she's very uh, well informed of the current events so I figured she could bring something to the table there but those, those are some I... wonderful children that you came yeah. up with Bethany and I will definitely use them in the future but not but not <laughs> in this film <laughs> the next thing that I did, because I'm going to start small and work my way up, is yes. I cast some voice actors for the for the four animals. Yeah, very good. Did you do that, Bethany? I did not do that. I wrote down the animals to cast them, but then I was just like, there so are what, so what many animal voice would, actors. <laughs> what animal would you like to cast as the cod? I, I, were you thinking a trout this time? You know, change it up. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You so know then, what I meant. so now it's Bella and our and my yeah, turn. Yeah. So suppose. you, yeah, you guys jump in here. <laughs> so let's go in order of appearance. Let's start with the cod. I did not cast the cod. Uh, all right. <laughs> so I, important. I had Billy West as the cod. Oh wait, who's he? He voices everything. Okay. Like he's Wait, Fry. I'm sure I he's love him. oh yeah yeah yeah. In uh, Space Jam, he's Bugs Bunny. Oh, amazing! Yeah, he's great. But I cast him also because he's Zoidberg. Okay, and so he's ah. good at playing an aquatic type person. Mm. I so there you go. I think right now, off the top of my head, D. Bradley Baker. D. Bradley Baker Keeping is great, and weirdly enough, I should have pulled D. Bradley Baker and didn't. Also, wow. a Colorado right. College alum. Yeah, I'm changing the cod to D. Bradley Baker. Wow, wow, Who, he, who won several Emmys for playing the the fish in Family Guy? Not I Family Guy, American Dad. American Dad. I That's got true, those two he is a fish. all the time. All right. So cool. we cast so the cod. Next order of appearance, we have the bear. Oh, God, I wanted to cut that bear. Not, like, physically cut him. I just don't want him in the movie. <laughs> no, but wait till you hear my cast. Yes. Tell us about it. Kate McKinnon. Oh, yeah, As okay. the Never bear? Mind. Yes, as the bear. Yes, Everyone please. wants yes. to cast Kate McKinnon. 
you and know, Donald I, Glover in every no. movie we for do. What, okay, I for think... what the rest of my casting is, Kate McKinnon is perfect, so I'm for it. Okay. Kate McKinnon just brings... I love the idea of them getting to this island and having it be like New York. It's just like this <laughs> She's crazy... such like, a good character voice actor. Oh, yeah. So good. Hold everything. Where? What city are we setting this movie in? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because if she gets, if we get to the island and it's like New York, does that mean we're doing this in London or are we doing this in the United States? I was picturing it as still being in London because of Brexit. Oh. Interesting. And then, so instead of Nazis, it's Brexit dipshits. <laughs> Fair. I'll give that to you. All right. I'm, um, I'm comfortable with that. Then, I cast exclusively Americans. Okay. I, well, yeah. American actors can do British accents? No, they can't. No, well, not all. Not the ones I cast. Yeah. Okay. I, and I, actually, that's not true. I, I cast one British person. I think a whole lot about accents. I just was kind of like, these people would be great voices. I mean, I'm perfectly happy to do Kate hey, McKinnon. Kate McKinnon just does such a good... <laughs> but I don't voice. want her to do that voice. Yeah, but I she... don't want that voice, but I, I do want I her hate to that voice so that. much. I cast Maurice LaMarche because he's uh, good at doing the kind of big voice. Yeah. He's okay. Morbo. He sounds like a bear. He's also the brain. Like the in Pinky brain. and the Brain, he's oh. the brain. Are you okay. kidding me? That's amazing. And so basically I cast Maurice LaMarche as the bear. And then for the bird, I cast Rob Paulson, who's Pinky. Oh, funny. Because I wanted to kind of like have like, because the bear. Have a secret throwback in there. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, they work together all the time on lots of stuff. But yeah. I but I did it because the bird is kind of the, the dumb, it's like the, the hoity-toity one who's an idiot. And the bear someone was like, well, look, here's the rules of our society. I look dumb, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite tropes in movies, and they did this in um, Titan AE, is which is a weird animated movie that I'm pulling from is you take this like the stereotypical dumb guard and then you just make them really smart like and scholarly <laughs> yeah you make them like yeah yeah there's sensitive stuff in here that it's my responsibility to guard you think an idiot can't guard this stuff i might be big but i'm smart enough to see through your bullshit and anyway that's why i wanted to do marisa marsh <laughs> okay i like it that's fair <clears throat> uh but who'd you have for the bird jenny slate I'm comfortable with that. That's done. So. I'm so into that. And now, wait, no, I want her to be Miss Price. <laughs> That's not who I had cast, but I oh feel... my gosh, I just want her in this movie somewhere. She's so brilliant. she can mispronounce symbiote? Yeah. Oh my God, Sam. That is not who she is. <laughs> Stop hanging her for that mistake. It's, I'm not hanging her for the mistake. That's that's the scripty's fault, the director's fault, everyone on set's fault for not going, um, excuse me, Jenny? It's also a little bit no. of her fault. She's smart. What if they told that. her to? What? What if they told her to? Then they're awful human beings. Yeah, what if they were like, we're, you will not get paid your money if you don't pronounce it this way? Yeah. All right, Jenny Slate as the bird like. is wonderful. I so love who did, that. Who'd you have for the lion? Idris Elba. Mm. I can because see that. He's a king. Yeah, I had John <laughs> he's, Goodman. He's also oh, John a great Goodman's voice good actor. too. But yeah. Idris Elba, I just like he's John just Goodman got that is... beautiful booming voice, and he can be really loud when he needs to, and then he can come down to this like very elegant, yeah. works like, for me, powerful, love it, yeah. Calm. Because, and I'm sure that we will have other animated peoples. 
Yes. Yeah, let's bring some more animals in. Yes. This. Because not going to lie. Animation I, diversity, guys. I yes. loved that soccer match. That soccer match was super <laughs> so fun good. for me. We it should really, really draw fun. that out. We should really what that fun. out? Draw it out. Oh, oh Literally. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and figuratively, I like it. I had another voice actor for really? an animal. I would like the cat to talk. <gasps> yes. I would not. What? Wait to hear my casting, though. <laughs> I'm excited to hear <laughs> your casting. You? But here, here's my here's my pitch for why the cat shouldn't talk. Okay. I do that gimmick in a script I wrote, and I don't want it used anywhere else. Oh, Sam. <laughs> okay. But tell tell me who you had for the cat. Buzzkill. Julie Andrews. As oh, an homage. I, that, yeah. I want As an homage to, to what? To, That's cute. To Mary to Poppins Disney. and Sound of Music and just to everything she did for like, Disney. Yeah. And she, I just, I picture the cat, like that cat is kind of rough looking. Yeah. And it's That's why I liked the cat. Sounds terrifying. I would love for her meow to sound terrifying. And then when she's alone and we hear her inner thoughts. Yeah. It's Julie Andrews, and she's like this really elegant British lady who's like, I'm just too refined for these. Here's my pitch for that instead. Dumb children. I do not think the cat should talk in reality because I think that it's expected, and I think no, it's, it's more re- interesting if it's a real. Hear me out. Okay. If it's a if it's a real cat, but I think it would be more interesting if the cat gets on the bed and comes with <gasps> them to the animated yes. world, and in the animated world, it's an anthropomorphic cat. Yes. Yeah. Totally sold. Very I much love it. Like Pip in Enchanted. Yeah. Or the opposite of Enchanted. Or, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Pip is animated in 2D, he could talk, but in the real world, he can't because he's a, yeah. a chipmunk. Actually, Correct. has chipmunk vocal cords. I mean, I would still have it be like a real cat and just like, it's just a cat. And then when you're in the animal world, you're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still a cat. I like What you guys it. are I'm, doing is weird and I don't understand it. I'm into that compromise. Yes. I like it. Cool. All right. So that brings us to Mr. Jelk, the priest. Oh, I didn't Who like played him. Octavius. No one likes him. Can we just cut him? I, yeah, can we just well, cut him? I cast Do someone who's him? obnoxious in a good way, and also I think it'd be funny if this particular gentleman pl- played a priest. Okay. Okay. John Hodgman. Who, oh, 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 I know who this is. Oh, what's he in? Uh, no, I can tell you right it? now that he's a PC. What? In the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC commercial, it uh, was John Hodgman was the PC. Right. That okay. was so long ago, Sam. Come on. That that <laughs> It's a cultural touchstone. He'd be great. I'm really kind of indifferent about the priest. Yeah. There I weren't really, a lot of parts, I and especially because I didn't existed. cast the kids. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot. He just kind of is like, he's an obnoxious guy, and when magic's going weird, we can use him for some physical comedy. Sure. And that, that's that's kind of why I had him. Uh, re- weird side note: Did we ever find out why her bike was smoking yellow? That's no. just magic, right? It could be. I'm also was, comfortable. I'm also comfortable not knowing. That was just a, a weird thing for them to like bring attention to and then never talk about again. But whatever, I'm over it. Okay, continue. Well, I'd like it if she. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like it if she has this moment where like she can't fly on a broomstick because it's super uncomfortable and bad, and she's just like, "I'm just gonna do the thing on my bike. It's fine." And then she yeah. makes her bike fly, and I think that's more interesting. Yeah. That and then, of course, they're like, cool. well, there's not room for all the kids on the bike, and also that's not safe. Let's let's use the bed. I think let's... we could play up her, like, clumsiness with witchcraft a lot more. We can, but also, if you know you have a bad memory, write shit down. Like, 
oh, yeah. I don't remember the spell, and I knew that that wouldn't be able to make she the trip was across so worlds. Passive. She didn't do shit. Yeah, but I also just <laughs> that had made a... me so mad. <laughs> I had a real thought uh, for our remake, though. Go in ahead. In terms of bed knobs, mm-hmm. um, who has those these days? <laughs> I thought that too, but then I was like, we can't change the name. If no, it's we a, can't. We can't. I, we did for one movie. Uh, we did for Maybe, They Live. Maybe uh, they maybe they stumble into a, a an abandoned stranger's house and it's well, an I mean, older house and they have an old bed and they're like, "What's this thing?" <laughs> they legitimately do that in the movie. I know. So let's do that in modern times. Let's make. Well, it here's work. the thing: you set this movie in London. It's old British people. Old British people have weird they'll old have beds. Bed knobs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was setting mine in America. But whatever. I have bed knobs. I I set mine in America too. Yeah. The, uh, we'll, but we'll find a bed knob. Rich people in America have bed knobs. And also, my sister's bed when we were growing up had bed knobs. Yes, yes so did mine. I just have literally never seen one again. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they, it's all those went. same bed knobs where it's like, it's the white bed knob with the little picture of the purple flowers on it. It's like gold and silver oh, top. I've oh. seen it on other beds just because it's like, that's the one bed knob that still gets made. Yeah. And I like true. that the kid's in charge of it. Yeah. Also, yes, me they too. fly to like, a not great area of London on a bed, then walk away and leave the bed there, and there and isn't no- a homeless person sleeping on it when they come back. Yeah. yeah, or nobody just notices that bed just chilling in the alley. It's whatever. Look, There's a lot that don't make sense, but you know, it's I, I, they all I do, want her to do like, is to do a shrinking spell on the bed. She picks it up, puts it in her pocket. Or they could good. do it like yes. a doc from um, Back to the Future, where he just like covers it with trash. <laughs> I've I never like liked that. that either. That's <laughs> I, always bothered me because <laughs> I am intrinsically nosy. <laughs> Hilarious. So, right. so who do we cast? So now? right now we're uh, we've got the mugger and we've got the bookman. Right. Let's start with the mugger. His henchman dude. Yeah, his henchman guy. Bethany, who'd you have for that? So I did not actually cast those two because I did not like them and did not feel like their parts were big enough to be included in the remake. But since we are building up Bookman to be the real villain, um, he could be played by my old casting for Professor Brown, which I Professor Brown for Amelius. Oh. <laughs> Who is that? Get it together. How many um, names do these people have? <laughs> 10 million. I had, when I was doing a British cast, I had Martin Freeman as Emilius. Oh. Um, and he could mm. very easily, like, we've always seen him as the lovable good guy, mm. uh, goofy good guy. Like, it could be fun to see him be play like, oh, he charms. He charms Miss Price and the children because he wants to find this spell, but he's actually secretly devious. I'm interested that was by that just idea. winging it on the spot. Continue your guys. I, my mugger and bookman kind of go together. I kind of have a big intimidating guy to play the mugger, and he's uh, working with someone who is the actual scary one who is not intimidating at all. Like, he steps away, and it's this guy mm. behind him, and you're like, uh, okay. Yeah. So... My mugger is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh. He plays... pure evil. Yeah, well, he plays the comedian in Watchmen, and he's the scary dude with the bat in The Walking Dead. Mm, He was also in Supernatural for a time, but got voted off because of The Walking Dead. (laughs) Basically. Basically. So he's just, like, this big intimidating dude. You see him, and he, like, he can be scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I had him. I like him. Bella, who'd you have? I have Michael Fassbender. 
Oh. As the... All right. Be, okay, so, like, I want him kind of... You wanted the smooth guy that he role. kind of portrays in the movie. Yes, and kind of hidden. I like the idea of the pocket guy being someone that we sort of recognize as a villain. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, maybe he has an eye patch or something where he wears his hat really low. <laughs> I... And then it's revealed I... that it's him. And, it, like... You <laughs> living in the land of cheesy cliches? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't well, know why. In- Michael Fassbender creeps me out, but he's also really sexy. Oh, and this- I think he's so attractive, so it wouldn't work for me. But this guy was kind of attractive in a rugged uh, sort of way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that the like um, 1970s? He's a weird housewife in me. White dude wearing like a zoot suit, but he's no. got this like this like like bad boy charm. I mean, he's yeah, more he's an obnoxious prat. He's like the most attractive male in literally the whole movie, probably. But that's just because he's like it's literally one of the only one. Really, you're gonna pick yeah. one of one of those dudes and not one of the clearly gay sailors oh, or the Nazis? I didn't Some cast the Nazis them. I didn't cast the Nazis at all. Um, uh, but all right, so I think it'll matter who we have as our pairing. Yeah. So Bethany, you didn't have a, a bookman, but Bella, who'd you have for your bookman? Robert yeah. Carlyle. Robert Carlyle? Yes. Really? Interesting. Tell us why. Um, because I thought of his portrayal of Rumpelstiltskin in oh. uh, Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. It was very similar. Oh, and yeah. He's, I've seen him. He was in another, he was in this sci-fi show, which I can't remember the name of now, that was on Netflix a while ago. Didn't last very long. Um, he's good at playing the kind of double agent type. Oh. Hmm. And I like that he's he's very charming and mm-hmm. suave yeah. and can be kind of proper, but then he can be, like, creepy as hell. I think that's, for that's, where we were putting the bookman, that's pretty good. That's where we, where, yeah, where we want him, so that's perfect. Yeah. My bookman was Ken Jeong. Okay. Oh, sneaky. That would be a, a great comedic yeah. slash well, <laughs> villainous character. Yeah, because that's kind of why I picked him, because, I mean... That actually works for how my casting is, so that's I like that. <laughs> so, I mean, the reason why I picked him is because yeah. I picked him to pair with Jeffrey Dean Morgan because it's this big intimidating guy, and then Ken Jong, and you're just like, and what's just going like, on? Wait. And you think he's all jovial and friendly and everything, but like, I could totally see Gen- Ken Jong stabbing someone in the back mm. really oh, well, easily yeah. and just community. turning it on. Yep. Yeah. So, Bethany, uh, between the two that we've got, we've got our Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Ken Jong, and then we've got. I completely just blanked on his name. Robert, Robert Carlyle. Michael yeah. Fassbender and Robert Carlyle. I'm not totally... I'm, I don't know why Michael Fassbender. I don't know. <laughs> well, Bethany, <laughs> Bethany who do you think? Be our tiebreaker. I, I actually... I'm so sorry, Bella, but I, I very much like <laughs> Sam's pairing. I do, too. <laughs> I don't I really like... like I, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is definitely not who I would expect, and he's almost a little bit bigger than I want the henchman mugger guy to be, because I just feel like he's too well-known now. But I think with our remake and extending the story, like I think that we could very easily incorporate those two. I really But like I also him. like leaning into the fact that he's well known now because he comes and gets him and like you think he's going to be the big villain and then he steps aside and he's not. He's and just the henchman. Just, that's true. Okay, that's one I, I like pitch that. I, that I just thought of all right. because I want to argue with you. Great. That's, <laughs> tell me. That's what, that's what this is all about. I love the bookman but you but I mean I love um, Ken, Ken Young? Ken Jung. Ken Jung. Ken Jung. I love him so much but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Who'd you come up with? Tell, her, tell me. 
Robert Carlyle paired with a kid. Oh. Um, that's really creepy, and I don't like that at all. Why? Why is an old man hanging out with a young kid? No, it's like an Oliver Twist and Dodger type thing. That's creepy and weird, too. It's not creepy. It's his apprentice. Right, but look, Fagin's doing all sorts of things. Oh, my gosh, Sam. Okay. <clears throat> Just wanted to throw him out there. I I appreciate the moxie. Not, I'm not talking about like a little kid. I'm talking about like a like a young kid. So you want the old man to be hanging out with a twink? Oh okay. no no no! <laughs> Hi, <excuse me>. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We'll go with this yours. Port of Bella Road thing has gone to your head. <laughs> we'll go with yours. <laughs> I. I mean, I can see where you're going with this. I 100% see where you're going with this. It's it's certainly a fun idea. Yes. I, like, if we have time in the writer's room, we'll play with this. Because, okay, because this is a musical, right? Are we keeping it a musical? So I thought, you know, it would be kind of cool to have the kids to have another kid. Yeah. To sort of counter. Oh, and and he's working with the Like an evil antagonistic kid? Right. But then they can make, that can be his arc. It's like he. Well, we have a set of. We, we basically have three side. entities on our side. We have yeah. the good kids, we have Miss Price, and we have Emil, and we have Dr. Dr. Brown, whatever, yeah. Professor Brown. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's do that. Let's have three entities in the other set. Let's have the bookman, let's have the mugger, and let's have a kid. Yeah. Okay. Because that way it's two on two for adults, and then the three good kids versus the one bad kid. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And to do that, let's pull in one of Bethany's three kids. So Bethany, of the three kids you picked i already know (laughs) (laughs) go on tell us who bethany you can do it no i definitely i feel like it would be noah jew oh was that who you were thinking i wanted it to be brooklyn brooklyn prince oh my god well she's just such a little whippersnapper she i mean she seems but which one of these kids can be evil her she could yeah she really could (laughs) all right you uh and i love the idea of it being a girl. Oh yeah, yes. it has, be- it has to be. It's because if we did Very keep disarming. the two boys and then Carrie in the middle, then there's a girl I to agree. like even that out. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Brooklyn Prince. Done. Right. And then Let's do it. the bookman and the henchman are hanging out with a little girl. And then how do you feel about well, that? Well, I also Sam? think it's a good idea because you're right. It <laughs> it, it not maybe better. She's a, maybe she's a granddaughter of Bookman or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. kind of well trained up to, to Look, we'll we'll just assume that uh Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Ken Jong are her two dads. Yeah. They're, yeah. That's, well, Which is then we're Well, no, cuz I just had a whole conversation um when I was talking about Superman, uh Chris who I was having this conversation with, but basically he was talking about he wants more queer representation in films but as the villains cuz really? the gay yeah. the gay people are almost always the good guys. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But doesn't that kind of then give people fuel to be like they're deviant? Blah. Yeah, I think. I that's mean, part, I not, think if that's they're, not if they're they're raising not. their kids. Well, to be, if the henchman yeah. has a like a turn, like an arc where he's not bad. Well, look, I think they could legitimately care about this kid, I, and like they could raise her and whatever. I don't think yeah. that it's the relationship with the kid that should be suspect. It's just the things that like their end goal. Right. I mean, evil people have good relationships with their kids. That's. Right, right, right. Thing. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm and I'm just kind of faffing about, like, I don't really care if they're, like, a couple. Like, they could just be, we work together. Hey, here's this kid who works for us, too. This street urchin who didn't want to go into the system. We, yeah. yeah, we took her in, and now they she could also be her uncle. We kept trying to throw her out, but she kept coming back, and now we're just like, all right, fine, you may as well work with us. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. So that brings us to our big two, our Emilius and our Miss Price. Woo! I... 
I mean, obviously we have to end on our misprice. <clears throat> Mine's yeah. kind of a little bit of a stunt casting, uh, but uh, let's talk about Amelia's. Alright. Who wants to go first? I have something fun, kind of, with Amelia's, because the person that I cast as Amelia's, Amelia's, I was also thinking, okay, say we bring the the wizard or sorcerer or whatever he was, Astaroth, into this, like we do like a exposition flashback or whatever yeah. about about his magic and what happened with the animals and everything. This would be a good person to play that character. But my casting for Professor Amelius Brown, I thought, should be Will Arnett. Ah! Interesting. <laughs> I can see that. That's clever he's casting. A magician. That's very similar to the logic I had. Okay, cool. Great. Okay. The I I also cast a magician, but I needed a magician who can sing and dance. Mm. So who do you think I cast? Neil Patrick Harris. Oh no. No. <laughs> no? I can't. No? You don't want I a singing dancing that. magician? No. I can see that, but I but I don't like him as a person anymore, so I don't want him oh, to no. be. Oh no, what did he movie. do? What did he do? He just like okay, well it's funny because this will tie it in with who I want to be the director and writer and everything of all of this, but I don't know if I should reveal that just yet. Don't reveal that just yet, but okay. th- this is just might be a side thing and I might cut out. What did Neil Patrick Harris do? Well, he basically I don't know, he just like doesn't I don't know, pay attention to the people he works with. He like mentioned in this tweet about this per- particular person that I chose that he like didn't know who she was and she responded with she's like uh well like i'm on this and i'm on this and oh yeah my husband was a writer on how i met your mother for five years and uh oh yeah we've met like 10 times and all this stuff and i was just like uh is he so big now that he can't and she's like a very famous person so i'm like that he doesn't know how to google or look up who this person is that's a just, that's a terrific reason to not go with him because it sounds yeah. like he's an asshole yeah. he Great. is very off-putting even though i very much love him as an actor i don't like him as a person well that means that will arnett is definitely winning right now bella <laughs> can you beat him yeah um i chose and i'm i may not say his name right and i'm very sorry asif mandvi asif mandvi asif mandvi asif mandvi is an interesting pick Ooh, wait, what is um, he in? Uh, he's did, he was one of the correspondents correspondents on the Daily Show. He's done a bunch of oh, other things yes, since then. Interestingly yeah. enough, recently he was with the Neil Patrick Harris in the series of unfortunate events. <gasps> That's oh, right. Interesting. I was um, thinking about the kids in series of unfortunate events for this as well. I apt, no, because they're, yeah, <laughs> they're no, bad. No. Uh, th- that terrible. whole show pisses me off. Oh, me sorry. too, me too, but we won't get into it. <laughs> yeah, that show is what made me not like Neil Patrick Harris anymore. Yeah. But, oh, wow. Um, I I don't know why, but as soon as... Um, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the actual actor in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Uh, whatever. He, as soon as yeah. he started talking and moving about, I was like, oh my god, Asif? Asif. Asif, sorry. Asif I Monty. haven't heard his name said out loud very much. Asif like popped into my head and I was like he's got the great voice for it that's a cool idea I like that he's just got this kind of like he's fine he's comedic but he's also like got that suave thing that I think we want yeah let's go let's let's do that let's go with Asif Mondi yeah so let's talk about Miss Price our witch yeah I'm gonna go first for this one because I want to talk about why I cast who I cast okay yes the reason Bedknobs and Broomsticks has been on my radar as a movie to be redone is months like at the beginning of the year there was a poster that went around 
that was a, ba- a poster basically showing someone portraying Miss Price with a big bed knobs and broomsticks sign over it. Later, a Snopes article came out saying that that poster was fake. So, ah. but I've had the idea to do redo bed knobs and broomsticks since then. But ah. because of that, I kind of liked who they cast as Miss Price. Like she kind of works for me and fits in my brain. Okay. And the person who was on this poster was Kate Winslet. I had a thought about her too. Ooh. I I was thinking about what was it? Yeah, I was thinking. I was looking at like my DVD collection, and I saw Eternal Sunshine, and I was like, "Ooh, Kate Winslet would be good." But yeah. I didn't. I didn't fully pick her, but I could totally see that because she's good casting. So that's why everyone was like, "This is a believable poster." She's yeah, and she she would be so great at being just like quirky and weird but also just like extremely charming and loving and oh mm-hmm. yeah i do like that that's why i picked kate winslet all right now you now you both can say kate blanchett at the same time <laughs> i did also pick kate blanchett <laughs> but that's not who my official no. choice was that was when i was doing my british casting yeah uh, all right so tell me who you both had for miss price isabel you go first okay i picked melanie linsky I don't know who that is. She yes, was in, okay. You love she's uh, the over voice, the garden wall. Yeah, I she's do. the voice she's of the, the bird. bird. <gasps> and yeah. she's in. Um, I'm not. A, I don't feel at home in this world anymore with Elijah Wood. Yeah, it was a really cool another Elijah Wood. Piece. Um, uh, what it was like a dark comedy indie that was at Sundance a couple years ago. Yeah. She's a great character actress, and she's got a great voice, too. Yeah, her voice is what made me think of her. And she's kind of, similarly to Angela Lansbury, she's got this softness about her, but also this sort of nerdiness. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I I liked... That's a cool choice. She's got this, like, innocent, youthful energy, but also has a kind of little bit of a dorky old lady vibe. (laughs) And she's from New Zealand. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. She, yeah. I first saw her in Ever After with Drew Barrymore, where she does play a British person. Oh my gosh, Um, that's right. It's such a good movie. But then I started seeing her in other movies, and she had like 10 different accents. She could literally pull off any character. It's amazing. Yeah. She's got, she's a great voice actor. So, Bethany, who did you have? All right. So, I I have, like, a front runner and a runner-up because I just couldn't. I couldn't. Okay. Here's <laughs> what I'm going to pick. Here's the front runner. Kristen Bell. Kristen Interesting. Bell. Oh, okay. Because of her musical prowess, but also right. because she's just hilarious and charming and weird and also could, yeah, she's just very dorky, too. Hey, don't get me wrong. I love Kristen Bell and I'm sad she's married. But the important thing is... <laughs> yes. Interesting choice. Yeah. I also had a very weird flip side casting um, that Zach actually came up with. And the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, shit, that's great. All right, let's hear it. Octavia Spencer. Ooh. Interesting. Very, very, very different. But none of the rest... Like, the rest of my casting doesn't really work with her at all. But mm. I just, like... She seems like this very sort of like old worldy mother, worldly motherly type who would be very like into wanting to find magical spells for the, like the purest reasons. And I don't know. I totally I could, see that. I could see cool. it. Cool, but not, yeah. I'm not especially pas- passionate about either of those choices. Unfortunately, How I'm split on Earth. <laughs> 
Well, Kristen I, Bell is I love perfect. Kristen Bell. I, I love Kristen Bell. I just... I feel like she doesn't match with I, a lot of the other, like, feel of the cast that we've picked so far. Yeah, my... How much stuff The reason why I kind of, of like Kristen Miss Price Bell. is because it's, it's, it's an older character who... Yeah, I went young in this regard because I wanted... I, I wanted mean, a younger a younger Miss Price. I, I feel like Kristen Bell is who would get cast, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's who should get cast. Does that make sense? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I if if we had to choose between Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky, I I honestly no, I do actually like your both of your choices a lot better. I equally like all three, but I could in terms of how we've been casting so far, I would be very into either choice. Well, I think it has to do with the pair because I think that yeah. Yeah. Kate Winslet and um, Will Arnett go well together, right? But then I picture Melanie Linsky and uh, oh, I can't, As- yeah, Asif Monvi, Asif Monvi uh, yeah. go well together. I, of, you like, know what? And... I agree with that. And if we're gonna, I do too. If we're gonna go with Asif Monvi, I think then in that case we have to go with Melanie Linsky. And I, yeah, I say let's do it. Go for it. I want to make this so bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So that leaves... Are there any other characters that we have not cast that you two had? I didn't cast any more characters, but I did come up with who I want to be writing and or directing and or songwriting this production. Right. Cool. That, that That's who I figured we had left. But we don't yeah. have any more of our uh, in front of the camera. No, people. I don't have so. any others. Great. So let's talk... So, Bethany, did you have a writer-director, or did you have a writer and a director? I have a writer-director-songwriter. Interesting. Of, because of how wonderful she is. And, cool. Bella, did you have... I just have writer-director. So you each only have one person? I have two people. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, so let's hear Bethany's pitch for her wonderful codifying unit. And she's going to say Rachel Bloom in three, yep. two, one. Yep. There it is. Rachel Bloom. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Just because she she is she's made musicals current and fun again and mm-hmm. like it's she's so brilliant. She knows how to make things extremely relatable and poignant but also just like fun and hilarious and crazy and crazy ex-girlfriend. But she's <laughs> like she's I I just feel like she could nail it. Yeah, I mean, I love Rachel Bloom. That's why we used her uh, in the Barbarella episode we did. Ah, well then. But all right, so we've got Rachel Bloom on the board. Mm-hmm. Let's let me introduce my writer, and then uh, Bella will hear yours. Cool. Yeah. My writer is Jason Katims. I'm definitely oh, pronouncing Jason that Kadams. wrong. Yeah. Katims. Yeah. Yeah. Because he does Friday Night Lights, he does Parenthood, and most recently he is doing Rise. Oh, yes. cool. Okay. And He's the reason actually- why. Wait, Go. I need to look him up because keep talking. I'm going to look him up and find out what shows that I love that he did. A lot of them. The reason why I picked him is because, well, A, he he's in this world of music as well. Mm-hmm. But I picked him because it, it, this isn't really, it, this is a fun, light movie. But I wouldn't, strictly speaking, call it a comedy. It's an earnest movie and it's a movie with heart. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of the shows that he does. He does his. Yes, I agree. <laughs> 
He did Roswell. That's why I'm freaking out. Sorry. Ah, got it. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Thank All you, right, Ebony. You, you bested me again, Sam. <laughs> Bella, who do you have? For my writer, I have David McGee, I think, or David Maggi. I think it's McGee. Yeah. I think it's McGee. Yeah. McGee. What did David McGee do? <laughs> he did uh, Life of Pi, Finding Neverland, Miss Pettigrew yeah. Lives for a Day, Chronicles yes. and Ooh. The Mary Poppins Returns. Yep, yep. yep. Um, that's so I feel a like that's the genre good pick. that he's he been knows, working with. He, he knows, knows about all. adaptation. Yeah. I like it. That's interesting. Good. Let's figure out who we have for our director as well because that might affect, may affect that as well because, yeah. again, we want to have a good pairing. But that's also an excellent choice. Yeah. My director is Eric Stoltz. Oh. Such a bad film buff right now. <laughs> uh, Eric Stoltz was the original Marty McFly in Back to oh. the Future who got replaced, but he's okay. also been a director in a lot of episodes of Glee. This is one of those times where I actually had a bunch of other people as possible backup directors, but the reason... but Because I was trying to find a British director. Like, I actually was mm. looking for someone who grew up kind of with the source material was British but here's the thing about British directors a lot of the ones I found are either strictly television or strictly movies and that's not kind of the American way of doing things yeah and so I I didn't want to put a British director into something that wasn't their comfort zone because there's like I have Tristan Shapiro I and just these all these British people but and then I looked up who directed the Scrubs musical episode, and it's a guy named Will McKenzie, who's 80 years old. Oh my, gosh. oh my gosh. Oh, wait. Oh my God. Eric Stoltz was John Broken Little Women. Okay, I like mm. it, but keep going. <laughs> but but that, that, so that's why I came back to Eric Stoltz, just because he's, he's an actor's director, because he's an actor. Mm-hmm. And he also has lots of experience directing musicals, and yeah. directing musicals that are both dramatic and fun and light. Mm-hmm. And of all the directors for Glee, that's the one that I'm like, he seems interesting because I didn't do background for very long, but I did do background for about a year and a half when I moved to LA. And he was a director on an episode of Glee that I did because Glee has their prom episode. And Eric Stoltz loved directing the Glee prom episode because he and everyone in the crew would get to dress up and wear fancy suits. And he liked encouraging people. He didn't require it, but he liked encouraging people to do it because it's an opportunity for us to have fun and us actually to go to prom. Yeah. He just seemed like a fun person, and that's why I thought that this would be cool, because I guarantee he grew up with this movie as well. Cool. I like that idea. I have um, Julie Taymor. Oh! A, because I was like, I want a woman director, because strong female lead, and I think that that's only right. Um, I also... She did Across the Universe. She did Across the Universe. I love Across the Universe. She did Frida... She did The Tempest, Midsummer yeah. Night's Dream. So she's got, she's like, she knows the old style. And then she also has such a great theater background yeah. that I thought that she would be able to handle the like musical aspect and Absolutely. keep some of the like old stage musical style in, mm-hmm. in it, especially for Port of Bello Road. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and her art direction is always fantastic and I was thinking about if even I mean if we do keep the 2D animation I'm sure that she would have some cool like her Julie Taymor style seeped into Bedknobs and Broomsticks is really appealing to me I love that idea especially with the battle at the end because I'm assuming like we would still keep even if it's modern day setting we might still keep some of those like old antiques 
Well, my pitch for the end battle isn't obviously versus the Nazis. It'll just be like the two magicians like having a magical battle. Okay. I think it would be awesome. And it could take a form of whatever. Well, going back to what we were talking about with like unexpected effects Mm -hmm. and practical effects, I thought of Julie Taymor's work on Across the Universe Mm -hmm. with all those giant puppets with uh, those bread and circus. Oh, yeah. And then she also does Lion King on Broadway. Like, she just has a great eye for that type of stuff. I agree. Yeah. Here's my pitch. I think we should have Rachel Bloom writing the songs, Jason Kadams writing the script, and Julie Tamer directing. I not am David Mag- super on board. <laughs> sure, sure. Great. So that is our movie. Wow. So let me do awesome. a walkthrough of exactly what it is we have. We are remaking Bedknobs and Broomsticks, starring three unknown. Syrian children who will be found and discovered and will be brought to forefront and will be the adorable children that everyone is in love with. They were going to deal with all sorts of magical things and they're going to travel to another world where they're going to meet a lion, a cod, a bird, and a bear. The lion will be Idris Elba, the cod will be Dee Bradley Baker, the bird will be Jenny Slate, and the bear is Maurice LaMarche. When they go to this magical world, the cat owned by Miss Price will be played by Julie Andrews. And then in the real world, we have the antagonists of a priest, played by John Hodgman, and we have a mugger, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, with an evil child, played by Brooklyn Pierce, who both work for the Bookman. What? Brooklyn Prince. (laughs) Brooklyn, what did I say, Pierce? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The evil kid, played by Brooklyn Prince, and they both work for the Bookman, who's going to be played by Ken Jeong. And then we have our Amelius, our Professor Brown, played by Asif Monvi, and our Miss Price, played by Melanie Linsky. Our writer will be Jason Kadams, who'll be working with Rachel Bloom, who'll be writing the songs. And our d- director will be Julie Taymor, as they work on the movie Bedknobs and Broomsticks, will be, which will be known far and wide for its hit song, Port of Bella Road. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> That like is our lot. movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, we know so Bella's excited. new at podcasting because she keeps clapping. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. Yay. <laughs> I like it. Well done, team. So, you gonna watch this movie? I am gonna make this movie. I, we're gonna make this movie. Oh my god, am I gonna watch this movie? I'm gonna make sure that it's watchable this time. <laughs> I would be so psyched to see this. Yeah. Right? So... Bethany, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, <laughs> they can, well... <laughs> if you don't want them to find you on the internet, that's fine. Not just yet. All right. <laughs> you, you'll find me... I mean, I have an Instagram account, but it's private. So, like, I guess they can request me there, but... Look, this episode's not going to go up for about a month, so... Okay, cool. Well, maybe in a month's time I'll have my dog photography website up, in which case... Look up uh, Bethany Huey dog photography, and then somehow you'll maybe find it. I love it. <laughs> Bella, tell us about your online presence. I am also very private. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I'm so excited for all the promoting of this episode you two will both be doing. So much promoting. Hey, I promote the hell out of things on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and Facebook. Listen, yeah, I know, I know a lot of people via Instagram and Facebook. A lot of people just don't know me so it's fine <laughs> New England and Colorado are gonna 
light up with yeah, all of the people. I know a lot of humans face to face who That's, I will talk to about it. Hey, I'm looking forward to the BB bump. <laughs> yeah, word of mouth is gonna uh, listen, I work at a popular <laughs> restaurant, Echo Park. <laughs> word of mouth is gonna be Oh, incredible. name dropping all over the place. <laughs> Well, thank you both very much for... Oh, right, me. Uh, yeah, what about you? So the you? podcast is on Facebook and Twitter at Ideal Remake. And I, Sam Gash, am followable on Twitter at Sam Gash, which is my Woo. name, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. And you should do those things because they're yeah. great. Yay. Yay. So thank you thank- both very much for being guests on the show. Thank you, thank Sam. You, yeah, thank you so much for asking us to be on this. It's a very it's a very special time for me and Isabella to be on a podcast together. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. So yeah, good. This was so much fun. I very much enjoyed this, and I hope that everyone enjoys listening to all of the things that we said with our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm trying to come up with like a reference to the movie to close this out on and I feel like just rambling on Welcome not... to the age of believing. <laughs> Going with the cheesy cliche. There it is. <laughs> and then just do like a little like bell jingle sound effect after that. 